0: What up, what up? Welcome to the There's More podcast. This is Hannah Nitz, and I am really excited to talk about the Bible. (laughs) And, um, I would have never, ever said that before as a Christian. Like, I knew I was supposed to be into the Bible, but I just didn't understand what people did with this thing all the time. Like, I was like, okay, I grew up in the church, I've heard all of these stories, you know? Like, nothing in here is, like, (laughs) shocking news to me. I would sit down and read, you know, a couple chapters and be like, alright, the thing I take away from this is, um, you know, we trust in God all the time, and I'd move on. But it just didn't feel, like, that life-giving, do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, why do people do this every day? (laughs) So, again, I've loved Jesus my whole life. I just haven't understood this, like growing, engaging, amazingness of the relationship with God. Um, and man, the Bible was just totally lame to me. And it's like, I would say that anytime that I was spending time in the Bible, it was like a discipline. Like I really <laughs> had to like, it's like healthy eating. It's like, well, I really want to eat another Chick-fil-A sandwich, but I should probably get a salad. I, I never would have chosen the Bible first because, I mean, there's so many other things I could do for fun. Uh, y'all, I, like, carry my Bible around with me now. I'm, like, one of those people. And I, I say that because I'm not super spiritual. It's not that I'm, like, like, all my friends who, who did do that, like, carry their Bible around, they didn't really appreciate media or movies, and I was like, well, of course you're reading your Bible because you don't know how to have fun. But, like, I do know how to have fun. Like, I love the movies and the crappy TV shows and all of that stuff. And now I literally prefer reading the Bible. And I know that sounds wild, but I, I say that not in any way, shape, or form to brag about me, but to give you, my sweet listener, hope that, like, there's so much more and joy Woo! To have with God, it's awesome. So anyway, getting hype about the Bible. It's like that uh song we used to sing growing up, the B I B L E. Yes, that's the book for me. I need to turn that into like a like a rap song. You know what I'm saying? Like behind it, put like the pooch, 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 pooch. That B I B L E. What what? I'll consider it. But so I was on Moody Radio Cleveland, my favorite station. Uh, here in Northeast Ohio again and I essentially was talking about how I changed uh, how I read the Bible and that I used to interact with the Bible in one way and I've made this uh, shift that's honestly just changed everything so I'm excited for you to listen I'm more excited for you to consider changing maybe how you read the Bible or maybe you already read the Bible in this relationship way I hope that this encourages you so, take a listen. I feel like I just became so concentrated on the renewed mind and the WWJD that I missed the heart piece of my relationship with Jesus.
1: And and the way you describe it in your recent blog post, which we're going to get to everybody in just a minute here, I, I can resonate with this. It's one of those where you use the Bible almost like a a morality rule book where you go, okay, yes. <laughs> should I do this? So now I'm going to do a concordance search back in the day, back in the 90s. You'd get yeah. out your concordance and look right. for the word like Netflix and go, oh, it's not there. Okay, so uh, boycotts, that's not there. But you'd, you'd find something right? and then find a verse and go, ah, okay, that's it. Now this is what I should do.
0: And Brian, I've operated that way. I mean we we jo- we joke about it you know, in youth group, but – I would say the past 10 years as an adult, that's really how I've interacted with the Bible. And one of the things I talk about in the blog is these three shifts that I started to make as I understood Jesus more as a relationship and less as a worldview. And one of them is just that, Brian, is I wanted now to not just know what the Bible says, but have a growing desire for God. And those are two very different things.
1: You follow him, you believe in his life, death, and resurrection, you trust in him alone for your salvation, and therefore the next move then is to use his teachings to live a religious life that he'd be pleased with.
0: Yeah, it's to, I mean, this is what we hear in sermons, this is what we interact with in the show. Like, it's something going on in the news, or something in our world, or a decision we're up against, and we take... Uh, scripture, and we take God's truth, and we put it on this lens and say, okay, how do I make this decision? How do I react to this in culture? And yeah, you're right, Brian. I mean, we're not saying that that's bad. It's but something
1: we need to do.
2: Correct. And it takes a lot of focus. Yeah. You know, even though where Jesus says, you will know him by his fruit, it just seems like it's not something that just happens. You got to constantly every day be like, okay, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I following the rules? Even though we know it doesn't save you, you want to show fruit. Yeah. And look like a Christian. That's not.
1: That's not acting like somebody who's saved, though.
0: Yeah, you know what though? <laughs> I I operated like that for a really long time, yeah, Janelle. Like yeah. I've I've lived in that world, and I think that's why as I'm writing about this and this transition of is God more than your Christian worldview? Mm-hmm. He can also be your Christian worldview. He should be. Yes, <laughs> but there is such beauty in the relationship with Jesus, and I just was missing that for so long. Uh, before the break, we were talking about even how I interacted with the Bible. You could say, okay, Hannah, what are verses, What is what does God think about words, about words you use, about mm-hmm. how you speak, about cursing, about anything like that? And I'd be like, sure. And I'd quote a few verses. I'd get on Google. I'd look up a few other verses. It's like I would take a topic, find the Bible verses, have the answer. Mm-hmm. That was my formula for interacting with God in my Christian worldview. And I wrote that the Bible essentially started to become more of a truth manual <laughs> instead of a way that I got to know God deeper. And those are two very different things. Why? Um Man, because when I would go to the Bible, I would say, what is the answer to my question? How do I respond like a Christian to this situation? Now, I think as I'm reading the Bible, my question is, what does this teach me about God? And those are very different things. It's not, okay, how do I use my words? That's important too. But it's, what does this teach me about the heart of my father? How does that help renew your mind? Because that
2: should be the result of getting to know God more. But
1: see, that's my theory that uh, on, on Hannah's writing on this and you're thinking, is that it's not that we stop doing the WWJD. It's that we don't do it first.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just not a priority anymore.
1: Well, see, for for me, renewing your mind
0: is not. Mm -mm. Mm
1: -hmm. My my theory is that when you seek a relationship with Christ, the natural outcome of that will be a Christian worldview. Correct. But but your feeling and tone will be quite different because Mm -hmm. it comes out of a deep understanding of your need for the gospel and your love for Jesus, and you won't. Have some sort of like rigid religious view of it, it'll be something you can't help but do, is to live your life in a Christian manner.
0: Literally. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: And so it, it flips the whole thing in its head, because what often happens is what you went through. Right. We start with the rule manual, the, the 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 truth book you called it? Yeah, a truth manual. A truth manual. But and then we get to relationships. Yeah. We should flip it.
0: I just viewed the Bible that it was for me. Like the Bible was for me to know how to live. And as I'm spending more time with God, I'm like, no, the Bible is how I get to know God. Those are very different things. They're very different things. And in, in, I think, my Christian circle and culture, I don't know that I've ever understood that distinction. And it's interesting because I've been learning this and processing this I'm reading this book, um by A W. Tozer. I've never read a Tozer book before.
1: I was actually very impressed that you quoted Tozer.
0: I've, I can't get enough now. I've never read him before because I'm like boring, but I've been real. <laughs> I've been really into it recently, and just a funny story. My husband and I were just on vacation and I read I was reading Tozer, and I got a ton of bug bites <laughs> all over, especially like on my legs. And Caleb was like, you got bug bites on your toes while you're reading Tozer. Anyway, I just think it. <laughs> okay, so.
1: It sounds like Caleb is just okay. as good at jokes as yeah, I am. Maybe
0: I'm not mature enough to read A.W. Tozer. But I'm reading this book called The Crucified Life. And he talked about how believers have interacted with the Bible, not always in, the, in a correct way. And, and he said this. Why has God given us the scriptures? It's by reading the scripture that we might know God. The scriptures are not an end in themselves. The purpose of the Bible is not to replace God. The purpose of the Bible is to lead us to God. Woo! Like I have interacted with Jesus in this Christian worldview way that I'm like, what what do I do with this issue? Let me read a verse. Here's the answer. Yeah. Versus instead having a conversation with God, like God, show me your heart. What do you think about this? Impress this on me so that I can know and have the mind of Christ. And that's coming out of my love and relationship, just like I have with my husband. Like, I want to know Caleb. I just don't want Caleb to answer questions like, hey, what do you think about how people talk? And he tells me two sentences and I'm like, great, this is the answer. It's like, no, this is an invitation to know the heart of God. And even as I was reading the a w Tozer quote, I thought of in John five I've been reading through John, and Jesus said something kind of similar to the Jews who were following him around he said in john five thirty nine through forty you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and and it is they that bear witness about me, yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life hmm. yeah. like The context there is different because these Jews didn't believe that Jesus was God, but I can so relate to this issue that Jesus is pointing out in John 5. The Jews became such experts in scripture that they literally missed the whole point. They missed Jesus standing in front of them, God in the flesh, the word of God, the image of the invisible God in front of them. They missed it. Because they had, they were so study a student, whatever the word is, mm-hmm. studying the scriptures. And it's like, man, I do the same thing. Like, I have interacted with God in this worldview. What is the answer? What does the Bible say? That I've missed the beauty of this relationship of the knowing God. And, and then, that is the best part.
1: And then realizing that that relationship will ultimately produce a Christian worldview with a whole different flavor, I think.
0: Yeah, but I'm just not concerned about that anymore.
1: Well, because but, that, it, but that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Is that before if if you start with the with the truth book, you're going to be concerned about things like right. that. But when you start with Christ, it just happens to be you're not worried about it. Right. But you you know where to go and how to act, and the Spirit yeah. guides you. It's not that you don't have a moral compass; it's you have a dare I say more loving, more Christ centered moral compass.
0: Yeah. It's true. I'm just not worried about the compass. I just, I was so confident that I already knew the truth. I knew the Bible. I knew how to figure out how to respond to things in culture, how to respond to things WWJDJD style, that there was no need to continue to study, engage, and grow in the Bible on my own. And what I'm talking about here is hanging out with God with no agenda. Mm -hmm. Not because. You're leading a Bible study or you're talking about it on the radio or you want to tell a friend about this or you're struggling with a certain situation, like hanging out with God for no reason other than you enjoy your relationship with God. Like if you're not there for somebody that's listening and wants to be there, you shift it.
2: Is it questions you ask when you read? Because what we're talking about is very abstract, is very, if you love the Lord it could look like I just want to please him, so yeah. I, want to, I, want to, I want my behavior in my life to please him. So it could be difficult to put your hands on, no, I'm not really just thirsty just for him and, and for getting to know his heart. So how do you shift the how Bible study looks like yeah. or reading the Bible looks like?
0: Well, I mean, the huge thing that was a game changer for me, Janelle, is actually what's happening this week, which is Lent. Uh, This time last year, I was in this spot of um, going through a lot of transitions and uh, I wasn't working. I was adjusting to being a mom. I didn't like a lot of my life and what I was figuring out and wrestling with. And I essentially got to the spot that I was like, God, if there is more in you, I'm intrigued. Like, I want more of you. Kind of what you're saying, Janelle. Like, I want more, but I don't know what that means. I don't know what that yeah. looks like. Yeah, And it was right around when Lent was starting. And um, I, for the first time in my whole life, said, God, for 40 days in a row, I'm going to spend time with you. And again, not because I'm going to church or this is what my pastor's preaching on or I'm going through a Bible study. Just no agenda, me and God, 40 days in a row. And essentially forcing myself to do that while at the same time fasting from things that I really, really went to for enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So I fasted at that time from a lot of media. And I said, God, what media does for me, that enjoyment I feel, that relaxation I feel, the laughter I have as I'm watching it, can you be that for me? I don't know. People say that you can. <laughs> I've never experienced that, God. Yeah. And uh, Janelle, I think those 40 days of fasting from something— and intentionally spending time with God is when he started to teach me this idea of what it looks like in Matthew 2, hunger and thirst for righteousness.
2: So it wasn't like I'm gonna I'm gonna approach you with hunger. You literally said, I don't have it. Can you I make had no me taste for it? For you?
0: I had no taste for it. Yeah. My life was so fun and full that I enjoyed going to church. I enjoyed hearing about God. I enjoyed working for ministries that helped other people know about God. Yeah. But I had no hunger for more alone time with God because I had never tasted the sweetness and I wasn't hungry. I was shoving myself full with everything fun mm-hmm. that it was a really taking away of those things and asking God, can you give me a hunger for you? Because I ain't got it.
1: I'm. You know, we're all in different parts of our journey, but as I kind of discovered what you're talking about I think there were two things I figured out. I want to get your reaction to this. And one of them is, you know, we often will use the Bible, as you're talking about, as like a, I got a question about guns. So I'm going to go and I'm going to find the answer in the Bible. That's that's one way to do it. Or I find that when I'm reading for relationship, I find there's questions I should be asking I didn't even think I should ask. Hmm. So it's not my question anymore. Suddenly God is putting new questions on my heart that I want to answer because I'm seeking relationship not like some sort of cosmic vending machine. Have Man. you found that?
0: Yes, Brian. That is such a good point. I, I actually have just experienced this in the last few months, and I never had before. And I think it's because, again, when we're interacting with God as a Christian worldview, we come to him more topically, just what you're saying.
1: With an agenda.
0: Yeah. It's like, God, I want to learn this. I'm going to read the Bible and figure it out, which again, this isn't bad. Like there's still, you're still reading the Bible. Like you're still seeking after God's truth. Like that isn't bad. What I'm, what we're kind of talking through is that there is more. So even recently, Brian, as I've been, um, reading through different, uh, chunks in the Bible, I just this week was reading and, and was seeing how, um, it said that the fullness of God, of God dwelled in Jesus. It gladly dwelled in Jesus. And I was like, huh, wow, the fullness of God. What is that? That's sweet.
1: And now you're asking a question you would have never asked had you not been seeking relationship.
0: Yeah. So as I'm hanging out with God, it's like this is something he's bringing me to. All of a sudden, my interest is peaked and I'm reading in this, and— then, so that's in Colossians 2, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell in Jesus. And that was just like blowing my mind. So then I clicked on, on my Bible app, pleased to dwell. Um, in the, I clicked on fullness of God and was like, what is that? And started reading other verses that talked about the fullness of God. And it took me to a verse that talked about Jesus or the fullness of God dwelling in us as believers. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a second, the fullness of God. That Jesus has we also have like the same amount of God that Jesus has I have access to what and that put me down this whole spiral and you're right that wasn't okay what does God say about this it was God I want to know you I'm coming to your word because I want to know the heart of my father and my creator and he's teaching me things that I didn't even know I had questions on (laughs) it's it's awesome
1: well, and then I think that the, the second thing I discovered in the midst of this is that it's, it's something Dr. Rydalnick described to me. So he and his wife, Eva, attended, you know, when they're reading, are in different parts of the house. And even him, who's like top theologian at Moody, did the commentary, will regularly yell out across the house, Eva, listen to this. Listen to what I found in the Bible. This wasn't there. <laughs> Isn't
0: that amazing?
1: And so I found myself when I'm reading for relationship, not for answers to specific questions, which I still do sometimes, right. looking for specific answers. I find I'm surprised by Jesus.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, honestly, that's that's all the time now, and I I guess that that thought, Brian, is why I'm so freaking pumped about this conversation because I'm like, guys, there is more. Like, there's more than the Christian worldview. There's more than God answering things topically. Like, the, the whole reason Jesus came is to restore our relationship with God. Like, yeah. I, and I, I mean, we have full access to all of God. All of his, the fullness of God dwells in us. Like, all of his love and all of his power. And for us to be able to interact with him and his word in this personal way is just something I didn't know. That I had access to, I thought that was just for the boring people who were super spiritual, like the Julie Slatterys, the authors, the people who Hannah all said they do. She's boring, by the way, I me. know that's right. I'm <laughs> over here being like just, but like, <laughs> I mean, I, all, I mean, I followed Julie around for 20 years. Yeah. Trust me, I'm obsessed with her. But I just thought there's no way that I could interact with God in the way that she does. She's super spiritual. Um, she doesn't enjoy good food and fun parties and like spending money. Like I do, like we're just built different, you know, I'm not like Tozer. And this is the thing that keeps blowing my mind is it's like, man, I have access to that. And I was missing out on the best part of Jesus. Like I was just telling my husband this example, because I mentioned that we were on vacation. We were, um, at this beautiful resort with Caleb's entire family. It was such a gift. And it was this all-inclusive resort. It has anything you could imagine. Drinks, food, fun, beach, water. Just you go and it's free. It's all there. It's amazing. This huge Mm -hmm. resort. And I was like, Caleb, for the past 10 years, this resort is my relationship with Jesus. And I came into the lobby, like the, the main, this beautiful lobby. It's like three stories high with these huge vaulted ceilings there's like gentle noise of waterfall falling in the background and this like music Ooh. and there's this whole tray of warm chocolate chip cookies and this like cucumber water and there's big couches and it's amazing and i was like my whole relationship with jesus i stayed in this lobby and i thought that i had all there was to jesus i was like isn't this great look at these cookies yeah look look at these comfy couches jesus is awesome (laughs) but i never left the lobby like there were oh there's an ocean there's pools there's way more food than just cookies (laughs) there's there's this huge resort and it's like i could go and interact with god in this personal way and experience him in so many ways and i was just sitting in the lobby eating chocolate chip cookies thinking this is all there is to jesus and it's pretty good and i was missing the best part Do you think that the way we approach—you guys were talking about, in
2: order to get there, you approach Bible study—reading the Bible differently, and you're surprised by things because the Holy Spirit's bringing it to you. Do you think we don't know how to read the Bible? Do you think, like, for example, we're so quick to get commentaries or little Bible study books and fill in the blanks, that that's been a major obstacle to the Holy Spirit really speaking to us personally? through our Bible reading.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Or if not
2: that, what else? Like, how do you approach the Bible differently to seek that?
0: Yeah, I think that was a big piece for me. I know that uh, Janelle, you and I on air had the honor of having uh, Carmen Beasley on, who is the author of simply Bible. Yeah. And she was, her materials were a game changer for me because it just teaches you how to study the Bible. And you're right. I mean, all I really knew was to listen to a sermon and hear what it said, or to fill out a Bible study and see what the author said. Like, that was just how I interacted with the Word. Yeah. So, yeah, I think um, having the the confidence and the skill to say, God, can you show me how to do this? For me, it was using Simply Bible as a huge way on how to study the Bible. Um, But you know what, Janelle? I didn't start there. Like, when I last year started Mm -hmm. with Lent— I went through a 40-day devotional called A Call to Die. Yeah. Very cheery title. And um, yeah. it, it wasn't me getting in the Bible because I still didn't know what to do with the Bible. Just one year ago, I didn't. Oh, it, was, um, it had a chunk of verses, and then it was the author who was explaining what it meant, and then some follow-up questions. Yeah. So, yeah, for me, it started much more with asking God to give me the hunger. Mm. And then once you fall in love with God in a new way— you will start to love the things of God. Yeah. So if you are starting with like, man, I just need to read the Bible better. No, no, no. Like take a step back. Oh, your yeah. heart needs to be, God, I want to be hungry for you. I want you to be my only desire. And as he grows that in your life, as you fall in love with God, you will love the things of God. If you don't love reading the Bible, um, I'm just going to guess you're probably where I was the past 10 years, which was like, Did I really know personally God?
1: You were saved. Oh yeah. Oh for sure.
0: I was going to heaven. I was saved. Yeah.
1: But you were. But but like, like you've been saying all morning. There's more.
0: Yeah, guys. A Christian worldview is great. Like, if you're there, you were off to an amazing start. Like, you know Jesus. There's just so much more in relationship. There's so much more. Even as you're reading that verse in James, I think the temptation for me then has been. Okay, this verse tells me that, like, you will see me by my fruit, that I will do these good works. And um, if you keep reading in James, you're in James 2?
1: That was James 3.
0: James 3. If you go back then to James 2, uh, 23 to 25, it gives us some examples of as you're pursuing a relationship with Jesus and he calls us into work. So that passage that's quoted a lot is essentially like faith without works is dead. Like. There will be a response. There will be something that you do from your relationship with God. This just blows me away. The example in 22 through 25 of James 2 is Abraham and Rahab. And James says, Wasn't Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see, that was faith active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. As the scripture said, Abraham believed in God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. He was called a friend of God. Man, that's awesome. You also see a person is justified by works, not by faith alone. In the same way, wasn't also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out the other way? The crazy thing to me about those examples in James 2 of this, okay, your relationship with God then brings out these works. I for so long have wanted to act like a Christian. I've wanted to avoid sin. I've wanted to WWJD all over the place. But these examples were not Abraham and Rahab just avoiding sin. It was not Abraham and Rahab just being generous or trying to act more like a Christian or WWJD. This was personal obedience. Like, out of their interaction with God, out of their relationship with God, God asked them to do something that made no sense. Like, Abraham's example of someone who— Out of their relationship with God came personal obedience was taking his son up on a mountain to sacrifice him. No one saw that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That impacted absolutely no one. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like go feed a homeless person or go start a nonprofit. It was take your son up on the mountain in front of absolutely no one and kill him. And that was given to us as an example of how we should be interacting to act more like Christ. Not these big generalities in the Bible of be generous and be hospitable. Those things are great. But instead of just Jesus as a worldview and just reading the scripture as like, how do Christians act? It's this personal obedience to what God is asking you to do. And just like Abraham, that comes out of an interactive relationship with the creator of the universe. That only comes when I'm pursuing a relationship with Jesus. That's the only way that we know how to personally obey what God is asking of Janelle, not just of Christians as a whole. And that is so cool. Like, it's so cool that we don't just have to kind of guess on what God wants us to do. It's like, no, God shows us how to personally obey him when we are in this interactive, engaging, growing relationship with him. That what ex- is cooler than that? Yeah. Nothing. It is amazing. <laughs> that
2: explains what you were talking about earlier, where you're like, "I don't got time to worry about Netflix. No. <laughs> I'm busy enough."
0: Yeah, finding just, out
2: what the Lord has to do in me. Yeah, I love
0: that. Guys, like the relationship with Jesus in the Bible is compared to like a spouse. Yeah, that's crazy. The relationship with the Creator of the universe, He calls us a child. Like it is a father-child interaction. These are the most personal examples in the entire world of relationships, but we act like God is this worldview and this truth that is far away mm-hmm. that we just have to act like him and love him and please him from far away. When the examples he gives us and the words in his scripture is like, I am with you. Like Hannah, I want to be with you in all things in every day, in every decision in all you're talking about when you're standing in line for your prescription at the pharmacy, talk to me about that. Thank me for medicine. When you're driving in the car and you're feeling stressed, don't say, man, I can't wait to get home and have a glass of wine and watch some Netflix and relax. It's like, no, come to me. I am rest. Like, God is the coolest. It just jazzes me up. And it's like, I have missed out on this for so long because I still was saved. I still had this beautiful piece of Jesus and this gift of the gospel. But I stopped there. And it's like, there's so much more. Listen to that example in James 2. God told Abraham, take your son up. Why was he doing that? Only to please the Lord and answer in his response to his relationship with God. And we are invited to that same thing. The coolest thing in the world. Woo! Well, if you uh, couldn't tell, <laughs> I get pretty jazzed up uh, about the Bible. So <laughs> There is my um, argument, thoughts, perspective on really changing how you interact with the Bible. Um, One tool that I have mentioned many times to anyone I talk to that I love using and just want to highlight again is Simply Bible. Um, If you go to simplybiblestudy.com, You'll see there um, eight different books of the Bible that um, they've created this guide for. My friend Carmen Beasley has created these resources, and it has rocked my life on reading the Bible. It's essentially an intentional framework that you go through that helps you read a whole book of the Bible, verse by verse, and really study it. There's no author's opinion in there. There's no questions It's just this intentional format that essentially teaches you how to study and read the Bible for yourself, Uh, and pretty much any time you hear me saying, like, oh, I was reading in John, or I was reading in Colossians, it was me filling out a Simply Bible, so thanks to Carmen for creating such a great resource. Uh, Friends, the whole reason I do this and scream on a microphone (laughs) and... Um, record all of this is because I just want you to know, friend. Like, I, I just want you to know the sweetness that there is and the joy that there is in pursuing a relationship with the creator of the universe. Friend, there is more.